Alright, what's going on everyone? Welcome to the latest installment of the Man Cave Huddle. I'm your host, Greg. And as I always say, thank you for taking the time out of your schedule just to listen to me pontificate and tell you what time it is in the world of sports. Now, I'm in this groove right now just feeling very inspirated and trying to knock out these episodes every night. Why? No reason. I just feel like I want people to talk to and there's nobody out there to listen. So I figure I'm just going to talk to the mic. And whenever you hear this is when you're going to hear me say what I got to say. So one thing I wanted to start off with is last night. The I shouldn't say last night, but when you hear this, the, game, the NBA game in which the L.A. Clippers have hosted the Boston Celtics. I really wanted to pay attention watching this game only because this was the first time that Paul George and the Claw, a.k.a. Kawhi, Corn Rose Don't Lie, Leonard, were playing in the, in the game at the same time this season. I know it's still early, but I wanted to see what they look like. I will say this. There's a, lot, there's a lot of rust. There's a lot of chemistry issues, things of that nature. But I came away from the game with two things. The Boston Celtics are a very good team. And I know they lost a great player in Kyrie Irving. But what Kemba Walker brings to that team is exactly what they need. A guy that can take over when necessary, can pass, can dribble, can shoot, play, shoot, be a 3 and D player. He fits so good in that system. Unfortunately, he had um, six turnovers to go with his two assists, but that's things that we can work on. But that, the, the, I, I thought that the Celtics, after what had transpired last year, were going to take a step back this year. But, you know, with the great coaching of Brad Stevens, and, you know, you completely forget when they got players like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, they're so young, but we forget that they were a game away, a game seven in the Eastern Conference Finals of going to the NBA Finals. So it's like these guys have a ton of experience. So they know how to play, and they're still growing and developing as players. So, I mean, the future seems super bright for the Celtics, not only this season, but in the, it, moving on. But when you talk about the L.A. Clippers, I look at this team, and they look like a classic late 90s, early 2000s team. You got two stars on the team. You got a whole bunch of role players where everybody knows their role. You got depth. But then it's almost like they're an upgraded version of that late 90s, early 2000 team because everybody could shoot the three, everybody could defend the perimeter, and everybody could dribble and pass. If you can't do that, you're just not in the NBA anymore. But, I mean, when I look at guys like, you know, you, everybody's going to talk about Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Cool. But when you talk about Patrick Beverly, who's totally committed in being just a bulldog, irritant, just a pest that everybody hates, but he's getting three steals a game. I mean, last night, Patrick Beverly against the, the, the Celtics, 16 rebounds, three steals, two blocks. And this is from the point guard chipping in seven assists, but you're talking 16 rebounds from your point guard. That's what he is. He's bought into his role. You got Zubek, Mo Harkless, right? But then, to me, two players that are going to dictate how far the Clippers go this season. It's going to be Sweet Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell. 
I say Lou Williams, although you lose with the defense, this guy off the bench could get you damn near 30 points any given night of the week. Off the bench. Not many teams in the NBA can say they got a six-man that could provide that much production. And as a big coming off the bench, you have Montrez Harrell. He's just one of those tough guys. He's just one of them dudes where it's like all he want to do is just board, be tough, and just do his job. And he does it very well. And you got all these other role players on the team. Patrick Peterson. You got Green. You got Zubat. You got all. You got Mo Harkless. This is a team where they haven't even practiced yet. And you can see the potential that they have. And when they all get it flowing, they all get it going, and they all have it in poetry and motion, and Doc Rivers as the head coach, mm. now I know them Lakers, they them boys right now. I know they them boys right now. But the Clippers, they might give the Lakers that haircut that they looking for. Something else I want to talk about. Let's talk about uh, this Miles Garrett situation. I'm sure by now all of you heard Miles Garrett, defensive lineman for the Cleveland Browns, got into a little situation on Thursday Night Football in which on the last play of the game he ripped off the helmet of quarterback, uh, I forget his first name, but last name Rudolph, proceeded to hit him in the head, which created a melee, and he was suspended indefinitely for the rest of this season, playoffs, if they were to qualify and going into next year. Now, what was said was he's coming out today saying that there was a racial slur that was said that ignited him to do what he did. Now, for me, in this In the times that we're living in right now with racial and political sensitivity and that you really have to watch what you say because people are literally living and dying on everything that you say because words mean things. I'm not saying this is what Miles Garrett did, but it just feels like now whenever there's a situation and it's a white and a black or just a minority in general, people of different races, you could just sit there and just act like my get out of free card is pulling out the race card. And I'm not saying that's what Miles Garrett did, but in that situation, if that really did transpire, look, A, you won the game. B, you need to have a level of restraint and understand that your job and your career mean more than what that dude said. And if anything, go up to the brothers on that team and say, do you know this is what your man just said to me? Go to the head coach on the Steelers who's black, Mike Tomlin, and say, look, this is what your quarterback said to me. Don't take the helmet off, bang him in the head, where now you're using it as a weapon. You could have paralyzed the guy. What if you hit him with the crown of the helmet flush on his temple? What would have happened then? You could have gave him a concussion. So for you to say that's what set me off, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I wasn't there. But 
You have to find a way to control yourself when you're on the field to play in any situation, especially when you're at work. But it's been brought to my attention that Miles Garrett has clapped back to this information being leaked. And it was leaked by uh, Adam, Adam Schefter, extraordinaire, always giving you the scoop in the NFL. What Mr. Garrett had to say is this. I was assured, quote, I was assured that the hearing was space that afforded the opportunity to speak openly and honestly about the incident that led to my suspension. Garrett said in a statement, quote, that was not meant for public dissemination, nor was it a convenient attempt to justify my actions to or restore my image in the eyes of those I disappointed. I know what I heard. Whether my opponent's comment was born out of frustration or ignorance, I cannot say. But these actions do not excuse my lack of restraint in the moment. And I truly regret the impact this has had on the league, the Browns, and our devoted fans. Unquote. Now, what he's talking about is he had a meeting with the commissioner in New York. And he thought that this meeting was closed doors. What gets said here stays here. And I don't know how that got leaked out if that's what he was under the impression of. And now it's all out to the media. The NFL has issues with just communication. I mean, you had this Kaepernick situation where they wanted to work him out. And we all know that just went awry. And they figured now that this Kaepernick stuff is dying down. Oh, jeez. Now we got N-word mania going on. And if it did come out and Miles Garrett thought that he was in a safe place to speak freely, how does the NFL, who leaked that? How did that get leaked? Because maybe this dude was embarrassed to say it in front of the media or to whomever. Because I, I, I'll tell you this much. After the game, I would have intimated I would have hinted, I would have said something after the game that said that would have put an alert to everybody. This is what really happened. And when you see the replay, these guys got helmets on, so you can't see lips moving. But, I mean, NFL has microphones everywhere. If they want to hear if that really happened, they have microphones everywhere so they can hear everything on that field. So in saying that, Miles Garrett, it's unfortunate that what got leaked out got leaked out, but it still doesn't change what had transpired. And the fact remains that you use the helmet as a weapon and bash it over this dude's head. Whether or not he used the N-word or not is irrelevant because he didn't physically assault you the way that you did him. Playing the sport of football, you can show him what time it is next year when y'all play each other. Now, in my opinion, why do I think Mr. Garrett came out and said this? Because Mr. Uh, Rudolph, the quarterback who got hit with the helmet on the Pittsburgh Steelers, his lawyer came out and said that these things are lies and that uh, everything is on the table and that suing for defamation of character is a possibility. Well, maybe Mr. Garrett said this and now puts the onus on the NFL to say, hey, look, I didn't say this for this to get out. I was in the. I thought we were in the private confines where this is a one-on-one conversation, and maybe that could be enough to prevent him from getting sued.
Who knows? That's just my opinion. One last thing. My man, Ben Simmons. Congratulations, bro. Let's all give it up to Ben Simmons. Congratulations, Ben. What's the congratulations for? He's finally hit a three-point field goal for the first time in his career. The other day playing the New York Knicks, he hit a corner three, and you would have thought it was a game-winning shot. The way everybody jumped up and clapped and cheered for this dude. I mean, he said he's been working on it. He hit a three. Ben, good for you. Welcome to the land of the three. Now, I'd like to end this episode with a positive quote. And my positive quote for you guys is, average people have great ideas. Legends have great execution. So be great. Average people have great ideas. Legends have great execution. So be great. Thank you for listening. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye, everybody.